Hello and welcome to the Proper Car Podcast. I'm Drew Markey and I'm excited to share my love of cars and my knowledge of the car sales and service industry with you. The goal of this podcast is to help you be more informed about the car buying process, to help you find the best car for your needs and your budget, and to help you enjoy car ownership more than you've ever imagined. I'm your ally in car buying and I can't wait to help you out. So let's get started. Why don't we have a graduated license system in America? I mean, in some ways we do. If you want to ride a motorcycle or get a job driving most commercial trucks, you have to go through special training and certification before you're allowed to get an endorsement on your license that gives you the right to legally drive those vehicles. But why stop there? You won't see a picture of a wrecked exotic car without someone commenting that money can't buy sense or some other point about how we're allowed to buy things, whether or not we're really capable of handling them properly. Cars are quicker and faster than ever. They're also heavier and the size of the average new car keeps going up. So they present greater risks to those around them. With trucks getting huge and electric cars bringing acceleration like we've never seen before, now is the perfect time to rethink our license system. This episode is gonna dive into some important details for you to consider, and we'll discuss some ideas on how we could make this work. So let's get started. Since there's some carryover in this episode from recent topics, I'm not going to spend too much time reiterating those points. But if you refer back to the episodes titled Driving Safety Tips, Trucks Are Too Big, and Share the Road, you'll find a recurring theme around the trends that we're seeing in cars, how they impact the safety of everyone, and why it's so important for us to be giving this more attention. Cars are safer than ever before, with loads of passive and active safety systems, either mandatory or at least commonly optioned extras that you see on pretty much all new cars. However, we have more vehicle-related deaths than ever as well. Here's a quote from the National Safety Council website. Over the last 10 years, motor vehicle deaths have increased 20%. However, during this time, pedestrian deaths have increased 40%, and bicyclist deaths have increased 56%. How is anyone okay with this info? 40% and 56% increases in the number of deaths to pedestrians and bicyclists is horrifying. Yet, the cars are considered safer. Despite cars having more safety equipment than ever, including things like emergency braking systems and other features that are designed to improve safety both for the occupants inside, and hopefully the people outside, we're still seeing shocking increases in the number of deaths related to vehicles. 
So let's give this information the attention and consideration that it deserves. All vehicle-related deaths are on the rise, but especially to the people outside of the vehicle. I would probably guess that distracted driving is one of the most, if not the most common denominator at this point, especially when you consider the increase in deaths that we're seeing with pedestrians and bicyclists. Unfortunately, I can't see any sort of graduated licenses, laws, or penalties that are really going to fix this issue. I don't know, maybe losing your license for a year or getting a massive fine and a resulting increase in your insurance rates if you get ticketed for something that seems as small as having your phone out while driving, maybe that would do the trick. But what if we addressed a couple of other trends in automotive purchasing instead? Vehicle size and vehicle power. Let's first talk about vehicle size. And in the next segment, we'll cover a bit about the power of vehicles. I mentioned at the beginning that you're required to have something called a CDL, a commercial driver's license, to drive any commercial vehicle that has a gross weight of 26,000 pounds or more. A GVWR, or gross vehicle weight rating, is the total weight of the vehicle, including its maximum allowed cargo and occupant capacity. Your sedan probably has a gross rating of close to a thousand pounds more than it weighs, but trucks need a lot more than that because of their intended purpose. And there's another number that has to be factored into this as well. It's the combined version of this rating. It includes the towing capacity of a vehicle. And I think it should be part of this graduated license concept. Here's why. You have to go through training and certification to be allowed to drive commercial trucks that are rated at 26,000 pounds or more. But many new heavy duty trucks that are sold on the market today can exceed that number when you consider their combined gross vehicle weight as well as their towing capacity. Some of them exceed it by 10,000 pounds or more. But you don't need a special license to be able to buy one of those and drive it around. Another example would be something like a Chevy Suburban. There's probably one sitting in front of you at the drive through line right now. By itself, it weighs 6,000 pounds and it has a combined weight rating of nearly 15,000 pounds. I think it's a perfect example of why we could have some sort of a graduated system. Because wouldn't you agree that something that's so close to the weight and the potential towing capacity of something like a commercial vehicle should have some sort of a, an in-between, a, some sort of a training, some sort of a regulation that's put on it that's certainly less than the CDL, but more than just a standard license. I'm not suggesting anything too restrictive either. If you pass a standard license test, you should be allowed to drive a standard size car. 
But if you want to be allowed to drive a full-size truck or SUV that weighs twice as much as a typical sedan does, you should prove that you're capable of handling that weight. And especially with the towing capacity that those vehicles have, you should prove that you are comfortable towing that kind of weight. There are very unique things that you have to know and understand about towing and putting anyone in a vehicle that's capable of doing so doesn't mean it's going to be done safely. And obviously, if you want to drive a huge truck with a massive towing capacity that's comparable to that of a CDL, I think then you should have to pass a pretty similar test. If you have no interest in driving something that large, though, cool. There's no need for you to bother with any of those extra classes or tests. Vehicle weight is a very important factor because of the fact that we're seeing even stuff like electric cars, the sedans and small CVs carrying those huge battery packs around. They also happen to be significantly quicker than the gas-powered cars that are in the exact same segment. So let's dive into that next. How fast is too fast for someone with a basic driver's license to be allowed to drive? We have speed limits for that, right? Well, what if we look at acceleration? Many electric cars are able to accelerate to 60 miles an hour in three to five seconds. How quick is that? That quick. That pause is the entire amount of time that it takes many different electric vehicles on the road today to go from a stop to highway speeds. And it wasn't very long. And it was one thing when you had to buy a hypercar that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to be able to accelerate that quickly. Not because having the money to buy cars like that makes you any more capable, but because it was rare and generally treated with a very different kind of respect than you would expect out of someone just buying a $50,000 sedan or a small CUV. But now you can take your new Hummer EV from zero to 60 miles an hour in just three seconds, all 9,000 pounds of it. And while these are still expensive and therefore pretty rare, you can get up to highway speeds nearly as quickly in just about any Tesla, the Mustang Mach-E, Genesis GV60, and lots of other electric cars that are right in that sweet spot of the average new car purchase price today. This is actually something I've talked about for decades. After I started going to high performance driver's education days at local tracks, I realized how much I learned about car control and started having a different appreciation for what a car is capable of, both in good and bad ways. I've always thought there should be a minimum requirement of high performance driving training to be allowed to purchase and drive an exotic car on public roads. 
if you are going to take on the responsibility of driving a car that's capable of going over 150 miles an hour or accelerating to high speeds in just the blink of an eye, you should be trained on how to use it properly. It honestly shocks me that more people don't want that type of training. How could we make this work, though? I think it could be based on horsepower ratings or acceleration numbers, but manufacturers would quickly make adjustments to these things in the way that they're marketed and the way that they talk about them so that they would maximize the number of buyers they can reach. So maybe it would just have to become one more part of safety testing. They do these types of road tests and verify these things when reviewing cars for magazines. So why not add that as one additional test and use those metrics to put some sort of expectation of what that graduated license would be on those types of vehicles. I think there could easily be two to three different tiers, maybe more, but it's probably not necessary to do more. And just like with the heavy truck version of this concept, you don't have to bother with it if you're not planning on driving this type of car. And how could it possibly be a bad idea to require someone who's going to drive a car that weighs three tons and accelerates to highway speeds in just a few seconds to get a little training and pass a test showing they're capable of controlling such a vehicle safely? One last point before wrapping this up. The Hummer EV I mentioned earlier, the one that weighs 9,000 pounds and is so large it can barely fit in a standard lane, can reach 70 miles an hour from a stop within the distance of a very short city block. But it also requires the same distance to slow from 70 to zero miles an hour. Do you want just anyone to be allowed to drive a car like that through your city streets, through the crowded areas where you have restaurants and outdoor dining, outdoor seating, and people walking around. The graphic that I've posted for today's episode is basically an image of one of the most popular areas of my city. It's a small two-block area that has a whole lot going on. I measured it just to see what this actually looks like compared to what that Hummer EV is capable of doing acceleration-wise. And basically from crosswalk to crosswalk, someone wanting to show off in a Hummer EV could reach 70 miles an hour, and it would take until the whole next block before they could actually even slow down to a stop again. I find that concerning and I find it very unnecessary. And while I don't want to completely restrict what people are allowed to own in terms of cars, I think something like a graduated license system would make perfect sense applied to vehicles such as those. I have so many other thoughts on this subject. But I feel like the two primary factors I've mentioned so far are really important. 
I know a lot of people will hate on a concept like this, saying it's restricting freedoms and whatnot, but I have a few final thoughts to share that might change your mind. What if the more training you had, the more certifications you pass, the cheaper your insurance rates became because you're seen as a lower risk due to your advanced training and interest in becoming a better, safer, and more capable driver? I come back to my experience doing high-performance driver's education days at local racetracks. It doesn't matter if you show up in a $2,000 car or a $200,000 car. You have to prove that you, as the driver of that car, are safe and aware enough to graduate to different levels of what you're allowed to do out on that track. The first few laps are under a very keen, watchful eye of a professional, and you're going to have to follow a lead car that will limit your speed and shenanigans. Only once you've proven that you are capable and cautious and mature enough to take your car to the next level are you given the chance to move up. And there are multiple steps before you're given the chance to really go all out in your car on the track. And even that is still taking place within a very safe setting where you have runoff areas and tire walls. There are marshals that can inform you if there's danger ahead. And there's no concerns that somebody else out there is texting or that you're having to keep an eye out for pedestrians just off the side of the road. The amateur level of high performance driving has set those types of standards, even if you're driving a car that isn't fast at all. So I see no reason why we don't have a similar system in place on public roads. I know that this is one of many polarizing topics that I've been bringing up lately, but I hope you know that I want this to be a space for conversations and learning, and that that's a two-way street. My ideas that I've shared today are just part of my thought process on this. They're not perfect. They're just ideas and thoughts on a subject that matters to me. But I might learn a thing or two from your input and your experience on this subject. So reach out on social media and share your thoughts on things like graduated licenses. And also, please consider subscribing to this podcast. You can learn more at thepropercar.com or on social media at the underscore proper underscore car. DM me there or email me at podcast at thepropercar.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, enjoy the drive.